This is the Fantasy Fanatic Podcast. I'm Parker Gerlecki, a.k.a. the Fantasy Fanatic, and with me as always is my broadcast partner, Dad, a.k.a. Ryan Gerlecki. I've got a passion for all things sports. So, on the Fan and Fanatic podcast, we'll talk to anyone and everyone from all over the world of sports who will sit still long enough to answer my questions. That's right. Now, as a result of complications from severe brain damage at birth, unfortunately, Parker will never be able to physically play sports. But that cannot and has never stopped him from loving everything about sports and dreaming of a career in broadcasting. So each of our guests graciously gives of their time on this podcast to invest in Parker's dream and to help him be part of the sports world he loves so dearly. Now, let's play ball! Welcome back, Fanatic Addicts. I would like to introduce you to, to a man... To a man among giants, a giants among men, and a man of that that I can't believe I'm interviewing of of such a stature as he, Mr. Mike Conti. So, Mike, why don't you start off by telling us where you're from and what you do? Parker, first of all, I am honored to be on your show. This has been many years in the works, and I am so pleased to be with you. Thank you for having me. You are a giant among men my friend. So <laughs> congratulations on your podcast. I love listening to it. Uh, my story, I'll keep it really quick. Uh, I grew up in Philadelphia, went to Penn State after Penn State, uh, got my first kind of real uh, professional radio job in Savannah, Georgia, moved to New Orleans and then here to Atlanta, have always wanted to do sports radio, did sports radio when I was in college did sports radio in, in Savannah and New Orleans. I actually came here to Atlanta uh, to work at a news radio station. It was a news anchor for a couple of years. And then when 92.9, the game signed on in 2012, I was fortunate enough to be hired here. And now I'm the brand manager, which means I run the radio station. So uh, wow. it's been a fun journey in radio. But uh, I think what makes it the most fun is being able to hang out with guys like you and your dad and your mom, apparently, who also... <laughs> listens to the radio station and i understand has really good feedback for us yeah so that is what makes it super worthwhile for me i'll be in the like i'll be in the car on the way to school i'll i'll get the morning traffic over from wsb and then i'll switch over to 92.9 hear mike bow and tiff usually it's <laughs> like like night like normally i'll be hearing squid billy ranting off about something mike being you know let Mike Johnson be doing whatever the heck it is Mike Johnson does and Tiffany Blackman, you know, <laughs> anyways, well, I have to ask you. So, so Parker, d does the traffic report on WSB, d does that help you with your commute at all? <laughs> oh, of course. I'm kind of okay. a traffic geek, which brings okay, me to my question. <laughs> you know, who, you know who else is Parker? Who? John Fricky. That yes! guy is the biggest traffic geek I have Woo! ever met in my life. So you, you guys would get along oh, great. Man. When they're tooling around the mean streets of East Cobb to get to school, that traffic right. report is huge. <laughs> okay, so, so any, which brings me to this question. You mentioned that you worked at a news station before you got your before you worked at 99. What news station was that? Was it WSB uh, by any chance? No, it doesn't exist anymore. WGST, uh, which was 640 a.m., which... Uh, had a long and storied history of doing news talk programming in Atlanta and uh, 
Uh, unfortunately, I was there when uh, they shut the radio station down and fired all of us because they w- we weren't making any money anymore. That happens a lot in this business. Yeah, I'm a WSB guy. Do you are you are you listening? Well, you listen to unfor- WSB? unfortunately, everyone else in Atlanta was a WSB guy as well, <laughs> which is why they shut our radio station down. So yeah. you're not alone. It's hard to compete with all those guys. It is. They're a great radio station. Okay, who has inspired you in your career? Oh, wow. That, that is a good question that I don't get a whole lot. Parker, when I was about your age, maybe even a little younger, um, I grew up listening to hockey games on the radio. And there was an announcer in Philadelphia. His name was Gene Hart. And um, I thought the, the way that he described hockey games in real time with speed and accuracy and excitement was just the coolest thing ever. And he really inspired me to want to get into this business. Now that I'm in this business, I I think what inspires me the most, the people that inspire me the most are, um, you know, our hosts and producers and promotion staff here at 92.9 The Game. The people that I have to lead every day, they inspire me because they work really hard and I have to work just as hard as them to keep up with them and make sure that they get everything they need. And our listeners inspire me a great deal as well. The, The fact that, I have to be reminded that we have a responsibility that people are listening to us every single day, hoping that we can entertain and inform them. It's a a duty that I don't take lightly. And and that really inspires me to come into work and do my very best job every day. So I've been, so now that Mark Zeno is back at 92.9, I've been like, like for years, I've been saying to my mom that, oh man, John Chuckery and Mark Zeno need to do a show together because John Chuckry's are, are like um, John Chuckry's a legend. Mark is a legend. They're both wildly <laughs> outspoken. Yes. So do you think Parker, let me ask you, do you think that would be a lot of yelling? Probably. Which which brings <laughs> yeah. me to my other question. Is Mark did you only when Mark came back, do, is he is he only a part-time guy now? Mark is a part-time guy, yes. So like he's basically Rob Tribble and Brian McFadden, but without the you are, staff. you are you but are with- absolutely right he he is rob tribble and chris goforth and uh um uh, caleb johnson uh, he is one of our part-time hosts yes you're absolutely right have there been like am i like the first one to tell you that mark zeno needs his show back or have you heard that before i've heard that a lot for mark zeno yes <laughs> uh, Oh, and wait, speaking of Mark Zeno, um, his, his, uh, his, the opening to his show was, um, I believe it was, uh, remember the name by Fort Minor. Is that right? Yes. I tell you what, Mike, I remember a face, like, like, I don't know if you remember, like, but a few years ago I was, I was gifted. I was fortunate enough to visit the station. I remember. And I was like, I was in my mind trying to figure out, oh, shoot, what is Mark Zeno's theme song? And I finally <laughs> figured it out. And I'm like, hallelujah. We did. That was that was weeks of Parker and I, him, him trying to explain the song to me. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get lyrics from him so I can do like a search with some lyrics. And eventually one night we we got it. And it's uh, it's been on his playlist ever since. So it's, he Let knows me- every single word to that song. I am not I am not surprised to hear that in the least. The, the the details that you remember, Parker, just blow me away. Let me tell you something about Mark Zeno. Mm-hmm. Mark is, I think, one of you said it, Parker, one of the most outspoken people on the radio. I think he's very informative. He's very entertaining. 
He likes to poke fun at himself, which is a really important trait for a radio host. I think you'll you'll kind of learn that as you go along in this industry. Mark is also a really, really busy guy. He's got a lot of different jobs. He, he works for a lot of different people, and there's a lot of demands on Mark's time. So we're lucky to get Mark on our station when we can get him. If it were up to me, kind of keep this between the three of us maybe, I'd like to have Mark on a whole lot more than, than what we can do right now, but he's got a very, very busy schedule. Remember, too, he still serves in the National Guard. So there are weeks where he has to go away to go to Fort Stewart or Fort Benning uh, and and be on duty. So he's a busy, busy guy, and he's got two little boys who take a lot of his time. And, and um, we're just very lucky to have Mark when he's able to come here and come in and work for us at all. Um, can I ask you another question about background music at 92.9? Like, sure. I, is, is the, does the traffic theme, does the song that plays in the background of traffic reports done by the greats, done by ATL traffic lady Stephanie Stallworth and Mr. Will Guerra, <laughs> does that happen to be the theme from Mission Impossible? You are absolutely right, Parker. I'm not surprised you knew that at all. I'm also not surprised you remember that Stephanie goes by the ATL traffic lady. You know what you should do? Parker, are you on Twitter? Or are you not old enough yet to have your own Twitter? I'm trying I'm trying yet. to get the I'm trying to get the rents on it, if you know what it is. You know, parents. Well, 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 do me a favor. Tell your rents uh when you get a chance, finally, when you get a little older to be on Twitter. Uh, the ATL traffic lady loves it when people tweet at her, not only traffic tips, but when when they tweet her just to say that they really enjoy hearing her on the radio. She loves that. So she's got that like she, she's got that like slight like, you know, radio voice, you know, like she's got a beautiful voice. I agree like with you. Baritone and whatnot. Yes, <laughs> I agree. She she sounds great. We're we're very, very lucky to have her here. She you listen to WSB for traffic. I listen to Stephanie because uh, she calms me down during my commute. <laughs> Another thing, does does W? I know that WAOK isn't is like totally like all news and whatnot. Did they do they do the most recent of? The, do they do the um the most like um? Do they do they have their most? Like, I know that like stations like ninety nine and B one hundred three they don't do traffic reports that often. Does W does WAOK do basically a traffic report like every like within because I know that on WSB in the mornings and afternoons they do every six minutes. Does right. WAOK have a traffic interval or is it basically the same? It's not every six minutes. It's about the same as what we do on 929 the game. Because WAOK does talk shows just like we do on 929 the game, where their hosts will talk for, you know, 12 to 15 minute intervals, and then they'll have three breaks an hour. Uh, and in those breaks, they they play their traffic updates. Nice, nice. These are great questions, by the way. I, I feel like we're we're doing a radio programming seminar here. <laughs> there was another thing I wanted to ask, but Parker. While you think about that, I do have an interesting question here, Mike. We okay. we've talked to a number of people, not just on the podcast, but around because of Parker's love for for broadcasting and radio and whatnot. And I feel like here in Atlanta, there are a lot of people from Philadelphia. Uh, the the are in radio or broadcasting or whatnot. Like, is there anything behind that? I was wondering, like, I know Temple's got a great program. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know if it, it just, people end up here. Um, there's a number of names from Atlanta sports radio. Yeah, that that's a really good here. question. John Kincaid was here. Right. Um, I'm trying to think if there are other Philadelphia people from our tribe who have uh, made Douglas? it down here to Atlanta. Hugh Douglas. That, that's a great example. So, you know, Hugh was kind of like me, Parker, like, 
Um, we spent a lot of time in Philadelphia, but we wanted to come to Atlanta because we like the weather down here. The cost of living is relatively low, and it's just a really fun city in which to live with very, very friendly people. And I think maybe, uh, you know, I don't know if you've been to Philadelphia, but if if you look around Philadelphia a little bit, it's cold, it's cloudy, everything's old, it's a little bit crusty, <laughs> it's a little bit dirty. You come down here, the weather's beautiful, everything's new, and it's relatively inexpensive to live here. So I think that might be more of a reason than anything else why so many Philadelphia people have immigrated down here. But you're right, uh, Brian. I mean, Temple has a very good journalism program, uh, a communications program, rather, named for Lou Klein, who's a really, really good family friend of ours. Uh, I'd like to think Penn State has a good program. I consider it to be an elite <laughs> academic institution. Uh, honestly, some of the real powerhouses of broadcast journalism education, Columbia, hmm. Syracuse, in New York State, obviously, in New York City, uh, but close enough to the Delaware Valley where I think a lot of kids from Philadelphia go to school there. Um, you know, if you want to be a sportscaster, in my opinion, you you need to go to Syracuse. They they do it the best. There's a lot of other schools that, that try, and Penn State has a very, very good program that I'm very proud of, but Syracuse is the best. It's very expensive to go there. And I did not want to walk up that hill every day in minus 20 degree weather. So I went to Penn State instead and saved my money. But um, if you aspire to be a sportscaster and you want to have a, a job with ESPN, you, you probably want to go to Syracuse. Hmm. That's it. We, we've heard that a couple of times now. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Parker, Parker I, think go ahead. Be, I think you'd be an awesome candidate for Syracuse, by the way. I mean, I, I think your your first interview there, you would blow them away with how many details you uh you remember about certain things. I think you would really impress them. He's already well, comfortable in the orange, so that works out uh -oh. well for him. Okay. My mom, yeah, well, yeah, my mom's an Auburn. Auburn. My mom's whole side of the family are Auburn fans. And well, they're orange and blue, too. That's as okay. You know, as hey, you know. Parker, Parker, do me a favor. Your mom's sitting next to you, right? Yes. Can you ask her who won the Penn State-Auburn game this past <laughs> Yes! Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So, so, I forgot, I forgot. So, okay. so, yeah, uh, we, yeah. We, we were, so my grand, my mom's soul side of the family are Auburn, are like season ticket holders. Yeah. And we got, and so that means we were fortunate enough to see all, to see Penn State come in and kick Auburn's you-know-what. Yeah, we're going to start over. We're starting over this year. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, probably, that was recorded. The only reason why we lost those two games was because we decided to hire the, like, we? a coach Whoa. from the freaking Mountain West Conference. The Mountain West. Like, what is, like, who in their right minds would be stupid <laughs> enough to be the athletic director for an A for an SEC school and hire a coach from the Mountain West Conference. Oh, for goodness sakes. Sorry. Once I start ranting, I, I can't stop. Now, now, Parker, that's a fair question, but then I have to ask you, how do you feel about Auburn going and hiring a coach from Liberty, not I'm even like, in a conference? Okay, because, like, look, I mean, I mean, sure, he the last co the last team he co Hugh Freeze coached was Liberty, but you have to remember his illustrious career at Ole Miss. And by illustrious, some people I are mean, trying to forget that the <laughs> fact that he beat Alabama <laughs> twice. To which, by the way, if you're if you're the head coach at all, like if like if you're an Auburn fan and you're look and you're like looking for a head coach, you're like all you want them, all like all like I feel like the only quali qualification 
for an Auburn fan to be an Auburn coach is that be be, careful is here. that you've beaten Alabama yeah. a few like, more than, not, like, not not in your mommy's family they got to be Georgia Saban, you know well okay. it's it's funny Parker you know I think one of the best coaches that Ohio State ever had at least recently was a man by the name of John Cooper and he couldn't keep his job solely because he couldn't beat Michigan he wow. beat everyone else but Michigan. But up there at Ohio State, that's the big rivalry. And if you don't beat your rival, um, you're going to be out of a job. Mark Richt, I thought, was a fantastic coach at the University of Georgia and deserved to keep his job longer than he actually kept it. But because he had trouble beating Florida every year, he couldn't keep his job. So I think you're right. I, I think at a lot of places, especially like Auburn, it really does come down to your record against Alabama, regardless of what else you do during the season. Anyways, back to that. Uh, so uh, be before like the COVID-19 pandemic, we were planning, my grandfather and I were planning on going up to Happy Valley to probably watch the Tigers get their butts kicked by the Nittany Lions anyways. Well, that no was a very... That was a very good game up at Happy Valley. Because they, they no one escapes Happy enough. Valley alive, especially yeah. during a whiteout. Most <laughs> fans, I tell you what. Ohio State are, might think otherwise, but okay. They are rowdy as heck. Yes, I mean, they are. speaking of rowdy, like the the fan, the, the dang stadium was so loud during a Michigan Penn State game that Michigan had to take a timeout even before the offense like got a play, got like a got like before the very first play of the game. You're absolutely right, Parker. Great memory. And you know what's funny? When I was in school at Penn State and when I was a kid growing up, I, I'm I'm a fourth generation Penn Stater. So like wow. your mom, your mom's family all went to Auburn. My family all went to Penn State. So I grew up with Penn State. Do you know for the longest time, Penn State had like the quietest stadium in the country? Huh. People wow. would applaud and and you know, occasionally hoot and holler, but it was the quietest stadium in the country. And then uh one year they hired a very, very smart person, someone I actually went to high school with named Chris Crispel, to help develop the in-stadium experience at Penn State. And, and that's where they started with the whiteout, which wasn't their idea. They copied that from the Winnipeg Jets, but they, they you know, applied it to a full stadium and they started playing rock music in the stadium and they turned up the, the volume on the PA system. And now Penn State is one of the toughest places to play in the country. But it was not like that until... Oh boy, maybe 2005, you know, yeah. um, it, it's only really kind of turned around relatively recently. So you're, you're a man of all haps as, 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 uh, Hugh Douglas said, yes. so tell us everything you do for 99, the game, the Hawks, the United, and then the Atlanta United. Sure. So I'm the brand manager of 92.9 The Game. I oversee the day-to-day -day operation of the radio station. I've been doing that for about the last year and a half. Uh, as you know, uh, Parker, you're one of our all-time loyal listeners to Hawks broadcasts, and, and I help Steve Holman out on, on the Hawks. I'm his pregame, halftime, and postgame host on the Hawks, uh, and I'm the play-by-play -play announcer for Atlanta United, which is also on 92.9 The Game. And, uh, you know, on the side, occasionally, you, you might see me doing an Atlanta Dream Game on Bally Sports or... Uh, you know, there was an unfortunate situation where Bob Rathburn got sick oh, this past year. I did some Hawks games. And then, and then Lauren Jabara had to fill in. But Lauren, the, Lauren Jabara filled in, and then I, I filled in. I bring that up. I will talk about that later. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. We can talk about that later. Um, so and I think uh, they brought this Brian guy in to fill in. Who was it? Brian, what's his face? Uh, Brian Oliver. To fill, to do TV? Uh, I mean, he filled in for Dominique on some games. Is, is that who? You, oh, no, I, no, no. Not Brian. Never mind. Like, they brought in. Who is this alternate announcer guy that filled in? That, like, like there's an. They, they brought in some guy to do the yes. announcing while uh, Bob yeah. Rathman was. Yeah, they, they did. It was some guy. Um, what was his name? I don't know. Ryan, do you remember? <laughs> was it Mike? Anyway, <laughs> that's your story, Mr. Conti. Uh, I know I'm, I'm done with my story. That That's my uh, my story in a nutshell. So those are the three hats that I wear every day. And probably 95% of my time uh, is being the brand manager of the radio station. Um, can I actually add on to the dream? Is it true Please. that the, 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 the dream used to be on uh, WSB radio? I don't remember that. Not WS, never. Were they ever on the radio? They were uh, for a time on 92.9 The Game. They had a, an arrangement with us, I think, in 2013 and 2014, where we broadcast a couple select games. Uh, like it, They had a, a breast cancer awareness game that we broadcast, a couple others. And I actually did those games with Nisha Butler. They were really a lot of fun. You might be thinking, Parker, when they played on WSB 2.2, they were what? on the the tv sub channel oh um and and that that was a tv thing uh that they had before covid so you might be thinking of that see oh yeah so like i said did i, did, did I mention that my grandfather and i were go, were planning on taking a trip to happy that oh, yeah, so yeah. i i did anyhow were you always a soccer fan Ooh. oh wow good question so i actually grew up playing soccer uh, when I was about your age, uh, actually a little bit younger, I, I played soccer and played for uh, probably seven or eight years. I mean, nothing serious. It, it, once I got to high school, I stopped. So it, it was not it, 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 at no serious level. Um, I was not a good player at all. I, I stunk. I, I think I scored like three goals my entire career and two were in one game because I <laughs> my brother was a ringer on my team and he kept passing me the ball. So I, I was really in soccer more for like the post-game trip to Dairy Queen than anything else. But I did play for quite a while. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I, I would say, Parker, I, I, I was and obviously still am a pretty big soccer fan. I think where I'm a little bit different than most is, um, you know, really loyal, hardcore soccer fans. They usually have a, a team in England that they really, really care about or a team in Italy that they really, really care about, or a team in the United States they really, really care about. For me, I was always more enamored with the international play, like USA against Brazil or USA against France. So, you know, the World Cup and, and the, the tournaments that would happen every year, those were the ones that I would really zero in on. I didn't pay as much attention until now, really, working with Atlanta United and pay a lot of attention to club soccer. Can I ask a really stupid question that probably might not be a stupid question? I'm sure it's not a stupid question. So a few years back, I believe I was listening to you doing your thing on the pre on the Hawks radio network, rattling mm -hmm. off scores. And there was this team from Egypt, I believe, that was playing one of the NBA clubs. And I believe and it mm -hmm. was Shakab something rather. Was it Shakab Maccabi? Uh, Shakab Maccabi, I think is from Israel, but I, that does sound right. I think they may have played the Phoenix Suns one year in a preseason. 
Good memory, Parker. <laughs> so yeah, you remember at first that. I was thinking Chicab Norelco, but then I, but I was getting, <laughs> I was getting Chicab crossed up with those, you know, those Phillips Norelco commercials I would hear from time I, to time. You know what? I, I, I understand that absolutely. I have Norelco on the brain all the time. I, I'm feeling a little stubbly as I am right now. Wait, speaking, speaking of which, are Phillips? Norelco and all and are Phillips is Phillips still like off operating uh, under their straight like if I remember correctly what what do they do before like because like the ho- well they, they yeah uh, a lot of electronics like televisions radios VCRs cell phones uh you're right personal electronics with like razors and everything um I don't know if they ever got into computers but a lot of electronics um, I think they even make some appliances. I could be wrong on that. So out of all the stadiums or, and arenas you've traveled to to call a game or, you know, whatever, what is your favorite stadium or arena that you've visited? Oh, I love that question. So let me let me ask you as far as place to call a game or or just a, a place to be. Like, uh, how, how about, about both? both? Yeah. How about both? My so first place to call a game. Place to call a game. Pretty tough beating Madison Square Garden courtside. That mm-hmm. that was pretty tough to beat this year. Um, you know, and again, I, that's because I was filling in on TV. Usually the radio, like Steve and I were up in like the third level. But when you're on TV, they have you right there on the floor. And like I'm looking around and like behind me is, oh, that's John McEnroe. And that's Arsenio Hall. Like I have a better wow. seat than these guys. That that <laughs> felt very surreal. So to call a game, I'd say Madison Square Garden. Although, Parker, I got to tell you, we got to walk up this really steep ramp from the bus into the arena. And I'm kind of a big fat guy and I get winded really quickly. So the, the ramp, I wasn't as much of a fan of. As <laughs> Is it far true that? As, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. You finish. As, as far as like best stadium, just in general to like see a game, um, you know, it's old and it doesn't have a lot of amenities, but the Rose Bowl is a really, really <laughs> beautiful place. Yeah. Uh, and I, I have I've a good watching, Rose Bowl story. You, okay. I've, I've, <laughs> yeah. I've been lucky enough to be there twice. Uh, hey, but, and, but how about that? Back to the, the family football stuff, right? I'm the other side of Parker's so, family so, is Florida <laughs> State. Okay. I believe there was a football game there in 2013. Actually, it was like late January 2014. I don't know if you're old enough to remember that, but what was I have to think that had to be very, very tense between your mom and your dad and their families. Yeah, like my I don't know if you've heard, but like there's a lot of rumors that Florida State might join the SEC. So so ever since the rumors my mom and dad have joked that they might have to file for divorce. Oh, no. <laughs> no. no. And I don't well, need to throw you two no. under the bus, by the way, mother and we, father. We have been known, though, when people said, you know, when Parker was born and the surgeries and the NICU and all that, you know, is that difficult on your marriage? Is that the most difficult thing you've been through? And we're like, well, for being really honest, the most difficult <laughs> thing we've been through is having to play each other in the national championship. I don't we didn't talk gets, for like four days. I don't think it gets much more awkward than that. Well, uh, I, so, it, so I was there. Yeah. Chrissy was not. Okay. We, you know, Florida State, the uh, Kelvin Benjamin makes the catch in the back of the end zone, ironically against Chris Davis, who had run the kick six back, you know, right. a couple of weeks previous. Um, and so it was 19 seconds left and we're winning. I had been at both the Auburn Georgia game and the Auburn Alabama game that year. So I saw so Auburn win games. 
Yeah, wait until the last play. That's why I said, guys, we can still lose by 35. Y'all need to calm down until there's double zeros. As a matter of fact, after that Alabama, if if I if if I may chime in here, Father, to add on to the, do you do you mind if I anyhow color to it? So I so after that Alabama game, me and my dad rushed the field, and so you could and you could see a little you I swear you could see like this much of my face on ESPN. so, like, so you, you, you the game see, day crew was there. You can see this yeah. much of my face and on after TV. the game. They were broadcasting from the field, right? And so we went over there, and I held him up, and I couldn't really tell where the cameras were, so I just kind of was moving him back and forth. And sure enough, in the broadcast, his the head guy. like creeps into the screen, <laughs> and then it creeps back out again. <laughs> so, Parker, was that the first time you had ever been on ESPN? Hmm. No, I mean yes, yeah. but yeah. the second time I was on ESPN. <laughs> so um that's a good anyhow, one too so my dad is a georgia state fan and they pay our bills yeah my wife got her mba there so we oh, love my teaching the business school you probably don't no, know right. this but georgia state and auburn georgia state made the trip up to the friendly confines of jordan hare stadium and okay. because of harson auburn almost lost that game but anyways, no because of the refs Georgia State <laughs> lost that game. No, anyway, my mom. So my dad, he was he was trying to get the he was trying to like he had befriended the athletic director a few days prior, and well, he was trying no. and that makes that sound a little shady. Like I was no, <laughs> we had been doing some work together, and then I was able to secure field passes, and so Parker Chase and I were on the field for that game on the Georgia State side. Wow. Who's telling this story anyway? Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, I just don't want it to look like I'm the guy that was like, "Hey, by the way, can I get some well, anyhow, I was trying. I was trying so hard to get on TV, and I like the first time I was like, it just so happened that you know, you know who Andrea Carter is on the SEC Network. Absolutely. So Andrea Carter was like on the Georgia State sideline, and I'm like, "Hey, Andrea, can I get on TV?" And she's like. She, I don't know. But then Tank Bigsby, she you know, all, no? yeah. come on, Tank, Tank Bigsby's like Auburn's like g- g- ginormously huge running back mm-hmm. having to run out of bounds. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like chasing after so him. Great. And I say, Tank, my boy, give me that game ball. In the and game. He I ran out of the, in the, the game. game. And the dad gun security guard pulls me back. Okay, let's be clear. It was not a security guard. It was a Lee County Sheriff's Secu- Officer. Security Uh-oh. guard, Sheriff Officer, Potato Potato. But the best is like, he, they, he, so when Bigsby's going back onto the field, after uh-huh. running out of bounds and Parker's chasing him down to try to get the ball from him. Like the camera catches that. And so right. all of a sudden we start getting all these text messages from people like Parker was just on TV. <laughs> so that was your second time. That was on the second TV. appearance on ESPN. Have there been any subsequent ESPN appearances or is that it? Cause I have a feeling Parker, you might want to work for ESPN when you grow up. Am I right about that? Um, which brings me to this question, Mr. <laughs> okay. Conti. Will you take me under your wing this season for the for the to be the the um the color analyst for Haw- for Hawks pre heaven post game shows, or is that like because like or well, or is that illegal to work under fourteen? I mean over for, like under like is it illegal to work? That was at my your age? out, Mike. <laughs> well, no, actually, this is going to be my out. What is your bedtime? What time do you have to go to bed? Honestly, like th- this is this is a real thing that you'll have to kind of um, 
um, grow into as you get your broadcasting career is um, the NBA really doesn't care about like our personal needs for sleep or rest or anything like that. Like, <laughs> is that why they schedule play. those Middle East games at like three or four o'clock in the morning or local time? Play, playing Sacramento at ten thirty at night or something like that. Like, I have trouble staying awake during some Hawks games, and I'm not fourteen <laughs> years old. So, I would say this: I would love for you to come to a game or two with us. I think Steve Holman would love that too. And I would love for you. I, now, I think you have seen our broadcast set up a couple times. You know, And if I the, remember correctly, we did a, pro, a post-game show together. Versus, I do remember I, that very I well. Was, you, I believe it was against the Nets. Do you remember like what the final score was of that game? I, uh, no, but I bet you could tell me. I don't remember. Okay, I don't either. All the games kind of run together for me, but I do remember that post-game show because you really wanted to know where the Georgia Lottery scoreboard was located, and, and I showed you. And it At first, because, like, I was all, I was just, like, this really, like, I don't know, I, like, this probably, like, airheaded eight-year-old who didn't, <laughs> I don't know, who no. didn't have a clue Parker, how let me, broadcasting let me tell you something. Works. In all seriousness, and I told your dad this the first time I met you, I told your dad, I said, Parker's ability to retain information is going to make him a very, very good broadcaster. If that is a career that you want to pursue. And that's when you were eight years old, Parker, you know, mm -hmm. it, you know, so now, you know, you're kind of growing up. You're, you're 14 now, correct? Or 13. Is that right? 14. 14. I'll be, I'll be 15 this September. Your ability to retain information and study the game and understand and ask questions, you're going to be, I think you are currently very, very good at this. You're going to be an elite sportscaster one day. And I could tell that, I don't want to like pat myself on the back or anything, but I could tell at a very young age. And I told your dad, you remind me a lot of me when I was your age. And a lot of people who were also my age at that time thought it was a little goofy that I would read sports almanacs and I would watch, you know, ESPN, which at that time was, you know, no one did that. And a lot of people thought, Oh, that's kind of strange. And you know what? I always knew what I wanted to do hmm. when I grew up. I didn't really care what anyone else thought about it. And I, I see a lot of myself in you Parker, where, it's very obvious you know what you want to do when you grow up, and I love that you are following your dreams right now. You're not waiting until you get to college or graduate college or anything like that. You're doing it right now. I love that, and I would give that advice to anyone in your position. There is nothing stopping you from following your dreams and chasing it right now. You don't have to waste time. So well, thank you. That's awesome. I'm just so pleased to see how well you're doing, and but I'm not surprised. Like I, I your dad will tell you. I mean, I told him. Yep. I said, yep. your son is he's got the the very special traits that will make him very very good at this profession if that's something he wants to do. So I hope you keep chasing it. So like you said, like you alluded to before earlier in the episode, you when when Bob Rathbun was um was on the the IR, if you know incapacitated, what I mean. yes. The injury reserve list. Yeah, you you got to fill in for him on the on the broadcasts. Yeah, and as you know, the sideline reporter is one Miss Lauren Jabara. Lucky Lauren. 
We do love you by her. Any, do you by any chance? Did you by any chance get to acquaint with Miss Lauren Jabara during the during your fill in time? Yes, we were on the same broadcast together, so we got to work together, and um, we uh, we got to know each other a little bit because that that road trip that I was filling in for Bob, we had two games in New York, one with the Knicks and one with the Nets. So uh, we actually had a day off in between. And uh, she made it her personal goal to go find the best pizza in New York on her day off. And uh, I think she did, if I remember correctly. But Lucky Lauren is, is that what you one call of her? the... Well, you know, I don't know if you know this about Lauren. She hosts a gambling show, a sports gambling show. On in NHL the Network, NHL Puck Line, right? Yes, and she is very, very good at her predictions, and that's why they call her Lucky Lauren. Because Not to mention very, have... very beautiful, if you know. Am I, am I blushing, by the way? Like, this isn't the first time he's brought her name up to a guest. Am I getting red in the face? Now, I... now have, have, oh, you no. had, have you had Lauren on your podcast yet? No. So okay. I, what I want to ask you is, do you by any chance have her in your contact list that you could be, that you could, like, that you could like one day be all Uh-oh. like hit her up on Uh-oh. the DMs and be like, Parker, he's got his phone out right now. Lauren, I'm, I'm checking here. Let's are you see. doing? Oh no! I uh-huh. I have her number. Oh, no. Let's go. Be careful what you wish for here, Parker. <laughs> Oh, no. I think I'm going to. Oh, Parker, you, you're matching that jersey that's behind your head there. You're blending in there. Oh, no. Got to be ready to follow it up, buddy. You know, am I, mm. am I getting am I, am I blushing? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, I know she's very busy right now during brave season. But it, yes, if, uh, that's if the I, truth. If, but if I uh, should happen to run into her, I will mention that. Uh, this would be maybe a very fun podcast for her to do, and I'm sure she'd be very interested. I hope it's not considered stalking, but <laughs> I would I would occasionally look her up on YouTube and watch some of her old demo reels. So, like, when I, she was I, it's called part, research. Uh, yeah, I don't think you have to worry so about you, that, buddy. Like this, I, I think like this one time, yeah. I don't know, because like when she when when the Hawks were on that road trip to Denver, she mm-hmm. got she the it just so happens that the Avalanche were like in town for a home game. Her old and team. If, and if I remember correctly, Altitude Sports Network was one of her old stomping grounds. You are absolutely right. So that she was got her to, old um, team. So she got to uh, fill in. I mean, not fill in. She got to get acquainted with some of her old colleagues at, at Altitude. Right. So Good memory. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I don't think I've met one person who has a bad thing to say about Laura Javara. She is phenomenal. She And she's very, very talented, but she's a very nice person. A lot of times in our business, there are very talented people who aren't very nice hmm. and nice people who aren't very talented. <laughs> but she's got a little she's got a lot of both, which is uh, a very good thing. Oh, and back to the ta- back to the many taste tests of one Lauren Jabara. It it also comes to my attention that she tried poutine in Toronto mm. and so and something at St. Elmo in Indiana. I can't exactly Probably remember the what shrimp that cocktail. Was. Oh yeah, uh, shrimp yeah. cocktail with, with the Andre Hunter. Oh, I believe. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I don't mean. Sorry, I, I didn't. I, I didn't mean to make. Sorry, shrimp cocktail. Sorry. Oh it's no, okay. I don't. I'm not trying to m- mock the way you. I don't know. Shoot. Can so can can we You're say Parker, can, keep can, going. can you Parker, next here? questions? Dad, yeah. can we we yeah. Lauren Jabara's got you all twisted. Okay. Yeah, no, ah, oh no! I think I've let the oh. Can someone save the the, 
Save it with another question. How about that? (laughs) Sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself over here. All right. Do you have a number? Do you have a sporting event that is on your bucket list of sporting events to attend that you haven't attended yet? Yes. The Olympics. Great question. Mm -hmm. The Olympics. That's the one I haven't been to that I've always wanted to go to since I was a very little kid. And believe it or not, probably the Winter Olympics over the Summer Olympics. I know that sounds really strange, but I grew up in Pennsylvania where we had a lot of snow. So I was always a big winter sports fan. I always thought it'd be fun to to go to an Olympic hockey tournament. But um, the uh, the Olympics by far are the one event. You know, I, I'm lucky. I've been to a Super Bowl. I've uh, been to a college football championship and the Stanley Cup finals and, uh, uh, you know, basketball playoff games, baseball playoff games. The one, um, you know, a lot of college bowl games, the one event I've never been to either as a fan or working uh, is the Olympics. And that's the one I would really like to go to. Is there a particular like event or sport you would want to want to see? Well, I mean, the hockey tournament for sure, I, I, I think just because, you know, usually although recently they haven't had the pro players but usually when they have the pro players the quality of play is so high you know what event has always kind of fascinated me just from a spectator standpoint i wonder what it would be like to watch ski jumping Hmm. you know it seems kind of dangerous and risky but at the same time uh, you're graded not only on how far you fly but how smoothly you make the landing so uh uh, I've always kind of been drawn to ski jumping for whatever reason, which is funny because that's not a sport that Americans are very good at. Yeah. Well, Parker, you we got you got a plug for our other one of our other episodes where Parker interviews Mark Bulger. Oh, and, and, I, okay. and, and, and he wanna... and some former NFL players were trying to make the Winter Olympics uh, in curling. Okay. And you know we we were kind of following this journey with him after we'd gotten to know him and. We thought we were going to have our ticket to the uh, Winter Olympics to go watch Mark and, and the team Ooh. in curling, but it just it didn't happen. I'll um, tell you, happen. that would be so, a lot of uh, fun. So when you were when you were like when when you said you wanted to go to the Olympics, can I like I'm gonna can I, I'm gonna add on to that. It just so happens that my mother was a cheerleader in her young life, oh, and she got man. to and she hey, mother get mother show yourself get yourself in here, mother. Parker, you're breaking the fourth wall. Okay. okay stop. <laughs> I've this is my mother. This is so she, like I said, she was a cheerleader in the Summer Olympics. She was a cheerleader in the opening ceremonies of the 1996 Olympics held in no Atlanta. Kidding. If you okay. were to go back to like that's they they, yes. they spelled out how y'all doing. Came that's in on the right. chrome trucks. Yeah, well, they were trying to simulate, I think, uh, a college football tailgating type scene to show people. Yep what we do in the American South, South, if I remember correctly. So that is so cool. Wow. Um, And back to what you said about, so like, it also comes to my attention that you worked on the Falcons radio network as the pre-half and post-game guy. And and if I remember correctly, during one season, Mike Bell was going to, like someone dared Mike Bell that it like to if Vic Beasley got like eight sacks in a season he would mm-hmm. get a tattoo he would get hit he, he would get a tattoo of Vic Beasley on his shall we say derriere. Yes, <laughs> you are so, correct. Did he get the eight sacks or no? He did not. There was mm. no tattoo. So um, any, I'll tell and, you, Parker. I'll tell you a really funny story about that though. The Falcons were not happy about that. Did Vic Beasley know about that though? He did. And, and the I reason why I'm at Yeah. The reason why I'm 
Oh, go ahead. You've, I, don't, you've, I, I, I was going to say, I don't think he was very happy about it. His teammate, Grady Jarrett, was really not happy about it and let us know. And I'm glad he did. I'm glad he stood up for mm-hmm. his teammate. And the reason why I bring this up, it just so happens that someone we know. Is it? Is it? Who is it? Mother? Doesn't matter who. Is it Stephen Wagner, no, dad? Could be. Jennifer. Oh, never mind. Because, sorry, someone we know. We might knows... be talking to Vic Beasley. Exactly. Whoa. So I'm, yeah. Okay. So, so is but it? Now, you know, Parker, that's not a story to bring up. So you don't want to bring that up. <laughs> don't bring that up. Because no, I don't want to start a Twitter beef with, with a nut. With no, no. We like, want to stay away from okay, that. Okay. And the reason why I say I don't want to start a Twitter beef is because I don't know if you remember the hot that the time I like I was escort I got to like the time during the final home game of the Atlanta Hawks of the of the of the what of the old Phillips Arena and I say mm-hmm. old like the pre the almost newly renovated Phillips Arena mm-hmm. like it was against the 76ers and I remember at like one time during the interview I looked in the camera and I says shout out to every NBA player even you LeBron even though I've hated you for my whole life yeah, so then the Hawks was... grabbed that tweet tweeted it to LeBron and then after and, and after, and right after I him. found out that they did that I was demoralized it changed your life though hey, hey hold on can you Again, who's telling this story anyway? I think the story's telling you, but go ahead. Anywho, (laughs) sorry, I know this is irrelevant to the topic at hand, but anywho, uh, so so after finding out that the Hawks tweeted that clip to LeBron, I was demoralized. So, of course, my loving father, he, he tweeted LeBron, made sure that if that he was okay if he'd seen the video, but if not, then, you know. So well, but that this is a, this is a, a, ever since then, a foundational decided, story in your life, though. But since that bad, moment, Parker will, does right not have favorites, me. will not pick winners. Like is the is a completely impartial uh, sports fan and which loves all teams, all which, players. Which, which I'm being told is going to, to be. Which if, I'm if, being if, told is impossible if I'm going to be a soccer fan, because <laughs> apparently I don't know about fans that. Don't like. Wait, so wait, what? Because, like, I told my father that, like, you know, never, that, like, if I would go to a certain soccer match, that I would be, that, like, every time the oh. opposing team scores a goal, I yeah, would you be. You can't be rolling into Mercedes Benz for the Atlanta United cheering when the other team scores. That's no, not going to be okay. No, please don't do that. We don't need that. Parker, <laughs> I think what you're learning, though, like, going back to the LeBron thing is. When you have a really big personality like you do, um, that can be a good thing, but it also brings a lot of attention on you. And uh, sometimes you have to, especially when you have the power of this thing here, a microphone, you have to be really careful about the things you say because there's always going to be someone out there who's going to spread it all over the internet. Now, usually yeah. it's not your father. Usually it's not that. <laughs> But oh, uh, the, which brings me to you remember the Tom, you remember the Tom Brenneman incident in Cincinnati, the yes, one where do. the one where he let where once like dude in that like because like he like after he said what he said he like apparently what he said was like so you know he literally had to get a job on the other side of the world. That's true. That's uh, to Mike's he, point. He, and back to did. the. It, but I want to tell you something about Tom Brenneman Parker. He was very, very, very 
very sorry for what yes. he did. Yes. And I believe that sometimes when you are genuinely very, very, very sorry for making a mistake, that you deserve to get a second chance. And nice. I hope that Tom Brenneman gets that second chance because guess what? I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. He made a bad one. He made he made a really bad one, but I think he knew he made a very bad one. And I, I believe him and his sincerity that he wanted very deeply and profoundly to apologize and own his mistake, not run from it, own it. And I think that's a good lesson for all of us to kind of learn. Wow. Um, and then um, to add on, you remember when you remember when the Hawks took the Knicks to quadruple overtime during that one game? Oh, God, that was right before the Super Bowl. I remember that very well. Yes. Did that um wait? Did, did that come down to a, a last was the game tied and it came down to a last second buzzer beating shot by the Hawks? Or is it? Oh, no, that because like the Hawks won. I'm not by, sure like, about that. But did, the Hawks did win the game. I do remember that. That was literally the day before we all went out to Houston for the Super Bowl. I do remember that part. Nice. Um, long day. Very long day. I remember, I think Dennis Schroeder and a couple guys needed IVs after that game because wow. they were all dehydrated. Oh, and, and speaking they, they of Schroeder, did, didn't he get his tooth popped out during a Knicks game recently? Like, no, no, not recently, but like 2015, I believe it was. Schroeder got it, got like popped in the mouth. His tooth came out. And instead of like trying to put it back in his mouth, he just stuffed it in his, in his sock like it was no problem. I yeah, I, I don't remember that at all, but uh, Dennis Schroeder did a lot of goofy things, so <laughs> I, I'm i going to choose to believe your story because I think it is very, very possible he may have done something like that. Um. Oh, shoot. And then there was one other thing I wanted to... Hold on. Sorry. Hold on. Let me... Let me can I try and collect myself again? Sure. In um, the meantime, we'll talk about shrimp cocktail. <laughs> I don't... Sorry. I Because like the way... The way I, I, I don't know. I love it. You're fine. I, I wasn't, I Parker, wasn't trying Parker, to. Parker, just, why don't we, why don't sorry, we ask, sorry, our, uh, ask our question help. that we ask everybody? Oh, shoot. Wait, but, oh man, I was, oh yeah. So back to what I, so the re, the LeBron saltiness might've been because you, if you remember that season, this, that's that series in the, in the conference quarterfinals, I think it, like it was the year that like, we all we like it was the year at like when the war when the Cavaliers took like won like when LeBron won the championship for Cleveland. Mm -hmm. I believe mm -hmm. the Hawks played the Celtics in the first round. That's the right. Cavs in the, and then got swept. Got by the swept Cav by the Cavaliers. That's right. Wait, or or was it? Or wait, did it did it go Cavs? That's what happened. Next? Nope, you had it right. You had it right. Parker, you had it right. He just told you you had it or, right. Or Nets, Celtics Cavs elimination, or is that a different? Because like if I remember, was it? Cavs Celtics elimination or net Celtics Cavs elimination. So you that year you, you are uh, in 2015. The Hawks beat the Nets, the Nets and the Wizards, and lost to the Cavaliers. And then the Cavaliers lost to the Warriors. But you were right about 2016. Oh, okay. The Hawks so beat the Celtics, got swept by the Cavaliers, and then the Cavaliers won the NBA championship. I, I'm sorry that I'm kind of like making this go long okay. with all my with all my um side chat my my side chatter if you will it's okay you're doing a great job parker 
Okay, so last question. On this podcast, we are all sports fanatics. So the last question we ask, as a fan, what do you think is the all-time greatest moment in sports? Like the creme de la creme of sports plays. Sports plays or games or... Games, I guess. Or moments. The creme de la creme of sports moments. To me, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't even alive when this happened, so you weren't alive. I'm not sure your dad or mom were alive, but... Uh, in 1980. Oh, my parents were alive. They were born. They were. Hey, thanks. My Whoa. mom. My dad was born in January 79, Uh-oh. and my mom was born in Uh-oh. March of 79. So. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So they they there were very 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 young. They might not remember this, uh, but in February of 1980, there were a lot of really not so great things going on in the United States, and there was a really bad situation. Uh, in Iran, where uh, a number of American embassy workers were taken hostage, and that was very bad, and the economy was bad, and the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan, and there was just there were a lot of really bad things happening where it was starting to look like maybe the Soviet Union was becoming a more powerful nation than the United States. And in the Winter Olympics, in a hockey tournament, uh, the United States, which had just a group of kids who were college players, not professionals, college players had a chance to play the Soviet Union uh, in the medal round of the Olympics, where if the USA beat the Soviets, they would potentially win a gold medal. Uh, But the Soviets were very, very heavy favorites because they had professional players playing against our amateurs and our amateurs won and they called it the miracle on ice. And to me, that is the, the ultimate sports moment in, um, in our modern history because it was just a classic David versus Goliath upset that also carried a lot of political ramifications. And it was back in an era where there were only three TV channels and everyone was all glued to the winter Olympics. So it became a very communal experience in the United States. One that I don't think we'll ever have again. So uh, the, to me, the ultimate is the miracle on ice. I actually got to interview two of those players from the Miracle on Ice team. Jack O'Callaghan and Micah Ruzioni. You interviewed Micah Ruzioni and Jack O'Callaghan? Yep. Wow. So Parker was the... You want me to tell that story or is that your story, Parker? Uh, No, you tell it, Dad. I'm sorry. So in 2015... This mm-hmm. is, I think this may be the third podcast where we've, we've told this. Uh, it's a popular moment, uh, the Miracle on Ice. 2015, he was Ace All, the Ace All-Star for Ace Hardware, so they're a national spokesperson yeah. to raise money for Children's Miracle Network. I remember that, yeah. And then 2018, as sort of in connection with that, they invited him, all of us, out to Hawaii for their golf shootout and yes. had him interview all of these you know, former professional athletes uh, as part of the event. And Team yeah. Hockey was Jack O'Callaghan and Mike Ruzioni. So, so it's, it's- it's funny, Jack O'Callaghan used to play a lot of like celebrity golf tournaments, yeah. and I actually was a hole announcer at the Hilton Head Celebrity Golf Tournament for a long time, and, and Jack O'Callaghan played in it. And I was just trying to make small talk with his wife, who was waiting for him to, to finish his round. And it, I, I was Parker, this kind of reminds me of you a little bit. I, I was just really trying hard to make small talk with his wife. I go, yeah, I remember when he played for the Blackhawks. He sure got a lot of fighting majors, didn't he? And his <laughs> wife did not like that at all and, like, walked away and 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 was not very happy with me for bringing that up. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, he and Mike Ruzioni and, and, and Jim Craig, who played for the Atlanta Flames for a little while as a goaltender, uh, they were part of what I think is the greatest sports moment of all time, and I think it's so cool you had a chance to meet them. 
Yeah, super guys too. Very, very yeah. nice guys. Nice. Um, so I guess that pretty much wraps it up. Thank you for your time, Mr. Conti. Oh, and can you do me do us a favor and like we'll we'll uh we'll uh stay on the line. So I'm so, not going uh, anywhere. Thank you for your time, Mr. Conti. All right, fanatics. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Fan and Fanatic. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for all of your support. Don't forget to follow or subscribe, or whatever your podcast app says to do. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. For my broadcast partner, Brian Grilecki, this is Parker Grilecki saying, Game, Set, Match! <laughs>